And do yourself a favor. You got loved ones, especially from out of state. How about a Montana-made gift pack from Alpine Touch? They have a new Big Sky Bird Blend for your turkey or your prime rib. An assortment of seasonings, including the Cold Smoke Rub in collaboration with the Kettle House. It's the best rub for anything pork, trust me. Alpine Touch makes the best Montana gifts for the holidays and stocking stuffers. Get yours today. Visit alpinetouch.com. All right, you ready? We're going to start this thing off with a little game of smart or dumb. Smart or dumb. That's how you do it, dude. It's rapid fire. We're freestyling. Freestyling. Uh, smart or dumb. Remember when we used to do the dirty 30 in your old apartment years and years ago? Where we drank 30 beers? No, we just did the dirty 30 with Kyle Sample. It was a short-lived podcast. We only, I do. We only right. like started podcasting like yeah. pretty early when you were working at Skyline. At Skyline. And we just, it was when you the first moved minutes. back to Missoula and we just, just used to do like 30 minutes. Yeah. We have the infamous Dirty 30 with Sample where we That's said, what we called it? Well, yeah, and we thought we were going to... We, 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 uh, well, I I did not participate in this, but you and my brother were all on this, that the Grizz were going to score like 60 points against the Cats in 2016 when the Grizz were like kind of good and the Cats were not good at all. They yeah. had they were like 1-6 in Big Sky play at that exact moment, and then the Cats came in and won 24-17. Who would have ever thought would have happened after that? But we're sitting here in Kyle Samuel's apartment, and uh, I was just thinking about the old times. I, I'm amazed that's what we call that. <laughs> I know. The Dirty 30 was Sample. I... <laughs> I do remember that. That was a, that was a lot of fun, though. That was like Skyline was in its infancy, kind yeah, yeah. of, and it was. We were exploring new things. Yeah, I know. It was wild to think about how long ago that was because I was thinking about 2015 and thinking about that podcast because last time NDSU was in town was in 2015. Yeah, and we had done some lead up coverage for that. You had written some stories about that. No, I was still working at the Missoula. No, that's right. Okay, so the 2016 yeah. is when you came on. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, it's wild how long ago that was. Like how is. many things have happened? Yeah. Bob Stitt, Jeff Choate, Bobby Howe coming back, Brett Vegan, all these different things. You got married. You're having a kid. <laughs> Here we are. Uh, full circle. Okay, so the, the game is smarter dumb because I just want to get through. For those that are listening that don't know, Sample and I are like, I mean, he's one of my best friends, so we talk about this stuff all the time. But we're sitting here doing a podcast because my gal pal, my wife, she's having a gal pal party at our house. I was not allowed to to go there, so I said, okay, well, let's do an impromptu podcast. Let's drink some Modellos and uh, and hang out. And <laughs> of course, Sample's a good sport, so here we are. It's a great way to spend a night. It is a great, got NBA great Tuesday on night. In the we, got a little, we got a little. What do we got? Warriors, Warriors Celtics. Warriors yeah. Celtics. Not bad. Yep. Uh, my wife spent the entire day baking treats for this party and making treat boxes. Sample got one. I did not. So I, I'm coming in here salty as hell. <laughs> I just planned to lose weight. And, uh, <laughs> hey. Just going to have to put it on hey, hold. Hey, what, we're, we're coming to you on December 19th. I know there's all these happen. things. Oh, start before the new year. Be disciplined. It's like, well, okay. Or you could just like live your life. And Yeah, I'm just going to, like I told you, you know, no real discipline until after the championship. Game. <laughs> I mean, and then I'll then I'll try to all you're doing is setting yourself up for life. failure. I mean, you have a huge family. You're going to go to multiple things. There's no yeah, way you're not going to eat these delicious goods that you just got delivered to you. In three weeks from now, there's going to be barbecue food. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not. It's just not possible. January seventh, terrible goal. We're we're on it. New year, new me. Starting January seventh. January seventh. Okay, so here's the smart dumb. We're just going rapid fire through a bunch of the stuff that's happened transactionally throughout the big sky and like this little sphere before we then get into talking in depth about the Grizz and the win on Saturday against North Dakota State, all that stuff. So as I was sitting down getting ready, 
Anthony Woods, who was, I think, indisputably the best running back in the Big Sky this year, rushed for almost 1,200 yards. Of course, I mean, the Big Sky MVP was Lan Larison, but he also was hurt. He had some crazy numbers, but, like, we didn't actually get to see him because nope. uh, he didn't play against the Grizz nope. for UC Davis, and UC, and UC Davis and the Cats didn't play. So I watched him, like, fringely, you know, when I'm watching my other Big Sky games, but uh, UC Davis also didn't play Idaho, so that was interesting. So they were sort of like outside the sphere of the, the top teams. Um, anyways, Anthony Woods, I thought, was with Land Larison, the best running back at the Big Sky's first team all league, rushed for almost 1,200 yards. He entered the portal as part of this max, mass exodus uh, from Idaho, which we'll get into in a minute. But as I was just checking Twitter before I sat down, he's going to the University of Utah. Is that smart or dumb? Got himself a truck. <laughs> right? Woke up this morning and got himself a truck. How about that? Uh, For those that don't know, everybody at the University of Utah got themselves trucks. That's the that's the new NIL deal. If you're a football player at Utah, you get a new truck. Quite a deal. <laughs> I think it's smart. I think it's smart. I him. think so too. Yeah. Utah's uh Utah is actually like they a lot of people think they're kind of like a boring offensive team. They're not really. Like they do some pretty cool stuff offensively and, well, and like their, if their he's top running backs have gone to the league. Yeah. Right? I mean they've yeah. had several guys that have gone to the league lately. Yeah. So I mean I think he could uh if he can break in, like I think he could play well there. And he's he's supposed to have that kind of talent. Right? He's really good. I mean I I've thought he was you know, I've said it on our podcast and stuff. I think he's a next level guy. Like I think he's a guy who will play beyond college at some former fashion and I thought if he get kept getting bigger uh, he's definitely. I mean, he's a borderline NFL guy. He's. I mean, he's he's really really talented. So I think he'll fit in well. And like, I mean, Utah's like sneaky one of the best programs in the country, man. I mean, like they're perennially in the top twenty. Yeah, they're very consistent. They have yeah. a lot of money. They have a ton of money. So like now them they're one of the ones that like moving. They're not a like traditional Pac-12 school. No. So like them moving is like less. I don't know, disconcerting or like nauseating to me. Like the dis- yeah. the, the, the dissolution of the Pac-12 sucks. And they don't have any commitment to it like you would think. Exactly. Like Oregon like, would. Right. Or, like, you know, you, like you're it, a USC guy. Like it for you as a USC guy, right? Am I right in saying that the the dissolving of the Pac-12 is sad? Um. Well, I don't know. I think it's kind of nuanced because I sure, think it's really it smart. For USC to do what they did, they jumped ahead of the future. They went and got themselves money that they're not ever that they were never going to get in the Pac-12. Um, it sucks what happened to the Pac-12 after that. Yeah. Um, so if you look at it from like the conference, obviously that sucks. But if you look at it just me as a USC fan and being selfish about USC, it's smart. They had to do it. No, I see. I'm actually with you on this because, like, I think that Washington and Oregon. Is is just chasing dollars, especially Oregon. Like you're you're just you're just chasing bucks because you're not going to be able to actually get up into that echelon no matter what. So you might as well align with them and get the repercussions of yeah. being with them in the TV markets. USC going that way actually does help them. It's one of the only teams that are making the move out of the Pac-12 into these other conferences. That makes it like. It's about more than just money. It they can it actually helps them win a national championship. Yeah, it expands like their f- recruiting footprint because uh, they actually have a national recruiting. Yeah, footprint. they've done that for a long time, and I think Oregon's growing into that. But they do. Um, but it's not USC. 
yeah, their brand just isn't as deep within college football. Like it, USC's dates back to. I mean, USC has one of the great brands in football. More Heisman college. Trophy winners than anybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I it's beyond just college football. It's like, football. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. is a top 20 brand in football. Yeah, it's a very storybook program. And they had to get the money. And they, I mean, being in the Big Ten, like, they're either going to be with those teams in like five years anyway. So might as well do it. Okay, more smarter dumb. <laughs> it's already going our back 12 tangent. So smarter dumb just in general this this sort of mass exodus is a dramatic way to say it but we've seen some of the most reputable players in the big sky already hit the portal part of that's because they've been from mainly montana state and idaho and uc davis who are three of the five best teams in the conference right we had teddy buchanan from uc davis going to cal chubba the d tackle he's going to arizona they got sebastian valdez from the cats going to uw Rush Reimer going to Cal. Um, I haven't seen where Omar Abedian's going yet, but I heard he's going to get big money. Jacob Kettles from the Cats going to Kennesaw State. And then, of course, Giovanni McCoy still to make his decision. And, uh, you know, Marcus Harris. Where's he going? I don't know, man. So we're going to get to that because okay. I want to I ask you what you th- where, where you think McCoy, like what level he can play at or whatever. But, like, what do you – is this smarter or dumb for these guys to be leaving? Like leaving Premier Big Sky teams where they are All-American caliber players – or is it just about the fit? I think it's got to be about the fit. But, man, if if your future isn't like in the NFL and somebody offers you like $100,000 or Totally agree, like, man. Hard to say no to that. Ryan and Miller Law has more than 30 years of experience. Paul Ryan and Angie Miller approach every case like it's going to trial from day one. This ensures the top-notch attorneys are always prepared and ready to press forward on their cases to get their clients the justice they deserve. All legal advice is free, and there's always a real person to take your call with Ryan and Miller's 24-7 answering service. If you need help with a car accident that wasn't your fault or have any criminal defense needs, call 406-542-2233 today. Ryan and Miller, your mom. Montana attorneys. So like if, you, if you can go play for a team that's undefeated, that's going to the college football playoff, that's like the premier D-line school in the country. I mean, how I many yeah. UW's produced as many NFL D-linemen as anybody. If you can get that kind of money, like you're saying, if it helps you go to the NFL, great. And if you're not going to the NFL, you should get paid. Yeah, the, play, the players deserve the money. Like, they should get yeah. the money. The The dumb part of it for me is just like, it sucks at this level to watch these this talent like go because like right. imagine if all these players stuck around next year they got another year of maturation yep. they stay on these teams yep. and then you then you got you got to watch these players play against each other like it sucks from a fans perspective to see this but from the fans for from their perspective like totally understand it it's so multi layered right like I understand why the coaches hate it I understand why the administrators hate it I understand why the boosters are adamant about it i understand why the fans don't like it and i also understand where the kids are coming from right yeah it all makes like, sense if you're if you are sebastian valdez and you are you got one year left to play college football and you've already been a multiple time all-american at montana state and you and you get offered hundreds of thousands of dollars right to go to like, a premier academic institution in uw that's also undefeated in the college football playoff it's like and like the who says no to that the argument against it is like well if you're good you're gonna get found anywhere right well it's like if he goes there and he's good he's gonna get found there but he also has like the two hundred fifty thousand dollars that he got paid for sure so it's i mean and people point to troy anderson because troy anderson could have gone places but also troy anderson has the acumen understanding and the reputation 
Like he was knew. That IL? Was that IL? It was coming. Okay. Right. But you're right. That's a game changer for sure. Also, though, it's like he was already definitively one of the best players ever there. And yeah. like he knew he could like reinforce that by staying there. Right. So here's what Gregorak brought up. Sebastian Valdez is a two-time all-league. I'm not just picking on this kid, but this this is just the latest example. But he's a multiple-time all-league guy that, like, you know, deep Big Sky football fans know, but, like, every man on the street probably doesn't know who that is, right? No. But if he, like, stays around at Montana State, maybe he, rep- he you know, establishes a reputation within the community or something like that, or he has a play where, like, Tucker Yates gets remembered. Gregorak was saying, like, the NIL money is one thing, but like being a legendary player at a place in a rural place like Montana can like fortify your legacy and actually pay you forward for years and years and years if you stick around. What do you think of that argument? It could, but like if you're plan if you're if your plan for the future is not to stick around in that community, it doesn't True. do anything for you. Yeah, that's right. Totally. Like if you're gonna come back there, you know, for homecoming every eight years, people are gonna remember you and they're gonna get excited and like sure. you go into the cannery and they're gonna be like, Yeah, remember that time you dominated your job as an engineer or whatever. But it's like, hey, I work in uh Houston, Texas. Right. You know, like I'm an I'm an I'm an accountant in Houston, Texas. Like it's my my legend in Bozeman does nothing for me there. So it's like if you if you stay there and you work there and you live there, I get that. But if you if your career takes you away from that community, it's like that legend it doesn't follow you. Totally agree. So much nuance to all of it. Okay, smart or dumb, Cal Cal Berkeley relentlessly recruiting the Big Sky Conference. So now, just off the top of my head, and I think they've actually even had more than this, but just off the top of my head, TJ Session is their starting right tackle. He started his career at Montana State. Isaiah Fonte was one of their top running backs last year. He also started his career at Montana State. So far in the portal cycle this year, they've gotten Marcus Harris, who was the best corner in the league from Idaho, Rush Reimer, who... Uh, was one of the best offensive linemen in the league for Montana State. They, they've just been pillaging the Big Sky Cowards. Is this what is Cal doing? Smarter enough. I don't even know. It's Cal, so it must be smart, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like they're getting, I guess, guys who play, right? So, and if they're trying to go and be competitive right away, recruiting high school kids hasn't exactly worked out so well for no, them. No, it's true. And I like to be fair, Afonso is a grad transfer, Rivers a grad transfer. So part of those guys' motivation for going there is the academics, and that's cool. Yeah. And and probably vice versa too. They want them because they know they're developed players that can also handle Cal academically. Right. Yeah. I don't know. They're getting kids that can play. And uh they need to make some money because that athletic department is is like in the red as bad as that Las Vegas sphere thing is. I mean, so. they're like one of the only power fives that are operating in the red. It's actually impossible that's been happening. Okay, a couple more smart dubs, then we'll get to our top ten uh, conversational questions about the Grizz. Blackfoot Communications is excited to announce new voice services for small businesses in Missoula. Paired with our internet services, business Wi-Fi, and technical support, your business can stay connected to your employees, customers, and communities around the clock. Sign up for services in less than two minutes at goblackfoot.com slash more than voice. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications is the official digital sponsor of Grizzly Athletics. Brett Vegan made coordinator change. Uh, Bobby Daly and then now Sean Howe uh, 
defensive coordinator and co-defensive coordinator. So uh, Willie Matt Garza out. Smart dub. Vegan making the coordinator change. Smart. Had to. I think Bobby Daly is going to be a really good defensive coordinator. I think he is too. I think he's ready. Yeah. We know him. Uh, you know, he's of our age group. He's uh, he's cut his teeth. He's done the thing. You know, I mean, like I was asking Vegan today, uh, Bobby Daly has coached at least one of the first-team all-conference linebackers in the Big Sky every season for six years in a row now. Caden Ellis from – Caden and Christian Ellis, both from Idaho, are in the NFL. Caden Ellis starts for the Falcons. And then, of course, you had Troy Anderson – uh, Josh Hill, Braden Conkle, and then lately, you know, Cal had O'Reilly in this last year, Nolan Askelson. So he's coached some of the best guys in the big sky. Right. I think that translates. And I asked Vegan that, and he said, you know, more than anything, it just it translates to it shows that you can earn the trust of players. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be an interesting transition. I agree, though. I think that Bobby will be good. And, you know, it's hard to say he'll be an upgrade from a guy that was a veteran guy, but like, You'd assume that that's why they make the move, and I think that there's a real chance that that happens. I just don't get the co-coordinator thing. I don't either, and I asked Vegan on it, and he was like very vague about it, even though he like talked about it for a long time. What do you mean? Like, how can you be vague about it? Like, you better have gone into this with a plan. No, for sure. That's what I said order. too. <laughs> like, you should you should listen to it because I would I even listened to it back today, and I was still like sort of confused by it like he, he he said that they're like collaborative partners and they both have a say but i kept like pressing on him like who's the play but caller who's the guy and who's the final decision with like who's who's who calling the play you know? yeah yeah and and there was i don't know it was a little vague i think i have to either, even need to listen to it again or I need, I need to ask again yeah they hopefully they have an internal plan or that's the kind of thing that can easily blow up for sure yeah I think these guys work well together. Like that's why Vegan did it. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, okay, last one. Giovanni McCoy leaving Idaho. Is that smart or dumb? Yeah, it's hard to say it's dumb because so many players left. Like right. I mean, what he lost the running backs, he lost the receivers. Right. Jermaine Jackson graduates. Hayden Hatton's going to the NFL. He he could come back another year or he could grad transfer, but he's going to just try to go to the league. Uh, they had a linebacker. A safety leave. They had an offensive lineman leave. Their running backs coach left today. Their defensive coordinator left. Uh, Woods, Woods, Marcus Harris, and Anthony, uh, Anthony Woods, Marcus Harris, and Javon McCoy were the three first guys, though. Yeah. And those are arguably, besides Hayden Hatton, their three best players. He saw the writing on the wall, though, and he was just like, bro, I'm going to go somewhere that I can go play. Like, Washington State's looking for a quarterback, right? Uh, that was my first it's just thought. Just eight miles down the road. I, that know? was my first thought. You don't even have to move apartments. Yeah. Just drive up the way. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's smart. It's sad, but it's smart. I think. Yeah, there's. I'm like on both sides because Jason Eck just designed the whole system around him and like his ability to just be elusive and make plays and make stuff happen, but also be committed to like running a ball control, like milk the clock offense, even though he's like a. You know, he's a, he's a gunslinging baller, and, yeah. and he's running like a let's yeah. milk the clock offense. Yeah, that dude's a playmaker. It's a total dichotomy, yeah. but yeah. he does it so well. And, like, that's why I was so glad he got first-team all-league because his stats were just like whatever. He, you know, he threw for like 2,500 yards, 15 touchdowns. It's nothing crazy. But he he's made the, the whole thing go. Yeah, yeah, he, like, made the whole thing go. Yeah. And, you know, even in, in the game, like, against the Grizz when they lost – 
he was like absolutely the focal point. He was the only reason they were in it. 100%. Yeah. Kept I mean, just battling and battling and battling. So it sucks see, to see him go. They, they, they catered the whole thing to him. He had such a good opportunity there. On the flip side, you've already been a part of this great rise. Well, you won National Freshman of the Year. You were first team all league as a sophomore. How high does he see it going? Like, maybe he doesn't see it. Right. Maybe like, he sees it Hayden like if, and Drew, if everyone's already right. leaving, maybe they had a good year. And then, boom, not only is everyone leaving, but the head guy's leaving. Right. Oh, and then sure. it's like, then what Then what are you stuck with? That's what it seems like to me, is yeah. that there was, like, an understanding across the board that everybody was out. And now, like, X going to be like that Will Smith meme where he's, like, looking, looking around, around. like, where did everybody go, you know? <laughs> so, I don't know. We'll see. But, uh Bad for the big sky, but good for Giovanni McCoy. He was fun uh, to cover. All right. Uh, Kyle Sable, big sky breakdown. Lead up coverage, FCS National Championship game. We're going to try to have podcasts every day. So we're doing this on a Tuesday night. Gal pal party got kicked out of the house. So here I am. <laughs> uh, fun NBA game going on in front of us, though. Okay. Ten questions about this Grizz, uh, just experience in general. So first of all, just tell us about your game day experience on Saturday <laughs> when with NDSU in town. First of all, what did you think of the 2.30 kick? I thought that was a... I love it. It was a different time than any of the other games so far this yeah. year, and it was a very refreshing time. I love it, especially this time of year, because like, it gives you time to do some stuff in the morning. Yeah, and then it's also still dark can, by the end of the yeah, game. and like it is over right when you're like ready to like go get dinner, yes. or you can hang around the tailgates for a while, and if you do it, it's still not too late by the time you're done. It's like... I thought it was perfect. I loved it. I loved it. Two thirty kickoff time. So let's get more of those. Uh, dude, I thought it was primo. It's not in the summer. Let's not do that in the summer. No, but, but like it was primo. Like going on the air from eleven thirty to one thirty was yeah. so money, and then just being able to go in there. You're not like a rush to. Nothing to get was everything. rushed. Yeah. Nothing was rushed. Yeah. Got up, had a nice breakfast with my Same. wife. You Cooked know, breakfast. Like, yeah. Yeah. Two yeah. thirty yeah, was great. Okay, so then what else? Uh, what else did you think? I mean. I, I'm already out of words, but also have so many words about this. I, it was absolutely one of the best games ever in that stadium. It was the best game I've ever seen in that stadium, I think. It's not think just it recency biasy, right? No, I don't think so. Like, I don't either, I man. It was, it was like, an insane game. Because, you know, you, you can go back to the 2009 game against App State, and it's like, yeah, they were a dominant force in the FCS at that point, but they hadn't been a dominant force for – 11 years in a row well, right. right they were dominant force for three years and yeah they were as good as it got at that point right but they weren't so like solidified and they weren't like there may be no program in america that like the laws of the universe just don't apply to like north dakota state i mean dude like, I was, they have never been bad they I have would, never had a period never of bad. i looked it up today they have like i think they only have like 13 seasons since 1964 where they've had four or more losses. Dude, like Bobby was saying in the post game, if you ever been to the Fargo Dome, North Coast State's won like 40 conference Dude, championships. It's insane. Like Montana has won so many. They if, won, Montana won 12 in a row. Right. They still have like 20. Yeah. North Dakota State has 40. They have like 12. <laughs> what was it? 12, I mean, 20, bro, bro, 27 they, seasons of 10 wins or more. They've won fucking 15 national championships yeah. 15 yeah. they're like that's I, not they, they, that, that is they've that never had out like every other level like a of few football. years of like 
a f- you know some bad years. They've yes. never had that. No, they've they've never ha- they've never they've never been Nebraska. You know, they've never no, been Montana. Right. You know, they've never gone even, through, even when never Montana was like the down or whatever. They weren't. They were. They still had winning records. But still, sure, I know what you're like, saying. They but they were not like. To put this in perspective, Saturday was North Dakota State's twelfth straight time in the Final Four. Montana has been in the Final Four eleven times in their program's history. That is Ooh. an epic number. That's a top five yeah. number in the subdivision. Yeah. North Dakota State has been in that amount of times consecutively. Right. It's impossible. Right. So it's like, like, Montana's kind of been, they've still been on the national stage. They, they haven't disappeared by for any sure. means, right? But they haven't been what they were for the 14 years between 95 and 2009. Correct. They've been striving to get back to that, right? Yep. And if they had an opportunity to do it, an opportunity to send a message, this was the program that you wanted to go through to do that That's right. in our in Washington Grizzly Stadium and as a fan when that bracket got put out I was like say what you want about Cat Grizz 2.0 say what you you know how great that would be the the game that we need is North Dakota State like 100% if, agree if we're going to get back to the national championship and get back to the the level that we were before the only program that you want it, that you can go through to do that is North Dakota State so you had an opportunity to do that and so having that, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything but think about like Saturday from Monday through Friday. <laughs> right. Like I couldn't really focus on a lot other than this. Like I kept trying to tell my girlfriend, like, you're going to have to maybe excuse my behavior a little bit on Saturday. Like I, I, it just, this game means a lot and it's hard to put into words how much it means as a, as somebody who's been as big a fan of that program as I've been throughout my life, minus the period of when I was a journalist. And like people that appreciate history too. And like, I mean, storylines, narratives, all of it. I mean, this is, it's just, it's just as good as it gets, man. It's as good as it gets. It's as good as that it gets. Stadium, I mean, say what you want about the Fargo Dome. Having this game in that stadium, it's not the same thing as having this game in this stadium. It's not Those guys close. said it too. I mean, Jake Cava, their senior defensive end, he said, hey, I'm so disappointed that my career ended tonight and that my college football playing days are done but he's like if there's any solace it's that i played in this game in this stadium tonight like i am so sad to lose but like i will never forget this right ever nobody will nobody who was there will ever forget ever that game and like everything that's come out like okay the whole the question was i gotta get i don't want to jump ahead the question was just like what was the lead up like what was the day what was the day like um Man, it was just like, uh, just like trying to have like controlled like excitement For sure. throughout it. Trying to control my level of excitement throughout it, and then when they kicked off, man, it was just like, holy shit, this is actually. <laughs> I know, right? Like, yeah. it was so crazy because as an objective uh, analyst, yeah, I'd seen NDSU in live and in person two weeks earlier. And it was like such a dichotomy because part of me was like, oh, man, they're not nearly as good as they were when I saw them in 2019 or whatever. Because when I saw them in 2019 against Eastern Washington, that was like the most crazy, well-oiled machine I have, I have ever seen. I remember staying on the sidelines and being like, oh, man, Eastern's fucked. Like, this this yeah. is just totally over. It's warm-ups. They're, 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 what is that offensive line? And, of course, like three of those guys are now starting in the NFL. So, like, there was no misvaluation. Watson then? Uh, they had Watson then, they had Easton yep. Stick then, they had uh, Cordell Volson who starts for the Cincinnati Bengals, they had uh, Cody Mock who starts for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they had 
They had one other um, man. I don't want to misquote because I know all the alignment, but I don't want to say the wrong guy on the wrong team. But they had another guy too. They had Darius Shepard who played for the Packers for a while. He was a punt returner type guy. They had that dude who transferred to LSU. Jabril Cox. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they were stacked. Yeah. Stacked city. So I was like, that was my, my struggle all week was, am I saying that I think NDSU isn't as good because they're not as good as the greatest team I've ever seen. <laughs> so my whole thing was, oh, man, I think there's some mismatch advantages here for the Grizz. I think that the Grizz are not going to be outmatched. But also I was like, it's still NDSU. And, like, they were right. a very they were impressive good. team. I mean, they are a very impressive team. They got their stuff together. Man, they weren't, like, they weren't like the team that was – it's just like the Grizz. They weren't the team that was playing in September. For sure. They got Both their coaches stuff talked together. about that too. Yeah. Okay, so the, wait, question number two. You're a master at uh, analyzing formations, especially when you're locked into the game. There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. I love doing that kind of stuff too. Just personnel groupings, matchups. What are, you know, what's, what's the chess match like? Twofold. One, NDSU runs so much stuff, it's crazy. And two, I think it's a huge advantage for him. I also thought sometimes it was a huge disadvantage for him on Saturday because I thought that's where they got screwed up with the noise. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and also, like, one of the things you try to do with, like, formations, right, is to force defenses to, like, play personnel to match right, up with you, right? Right, right. And, the and Montana don't do just that. doesn't do that. Right. Like, they might change some things here and there to, like, give themselves a more favorable, like, uh, alignment to what you're doing. But, like, they're not changing their personnel. Isn't that fascinating? Like, I thought North Dakota State, the first, like, three quarters of that game between the 20s crushed Montana. Mm-hmm. Oh, early when on Montana the game, was, I was like, uh, my God, th- this guy, this, this one dude is actually is actually blocking Alex Gubner. I've never seen anybody he, do that. He's blocking Alex Gubner. Yeah, he's actually like controlling him. Yes. It was it was uh, amazing to see that happening. And and they were like gashing is the wrong word cuz they weren't gashing him, but they were they were pounding the rock on Montana. They were getting four and a half, five yards of carry. They did, they did. But, but then when they get like, down the reds, that's what's so fascinating about the no personnel package thing is you don't rotate, but then you can keep the same guys. They do rotate per- personnel, they don't change packages. Right. That's what we're yes. trying to say. Yes. Right, like they roll guys in the spots, but they yeah. don't really change their alignment. Right. But then when they get in the red zone, I mean, my God, they are tough as hell. But it was also the pressure that they were just pressure and like, and North Coast State screwing up and false yeah, starting a bunch yeah, too. Yeah. So it was like a whole bunch of things, but just watching them, like usually, like when I'm watching the game, I can just look and I can see like, oh, they're in 21 personnel, they're in 10, sure. they're right, in 10 right, personnel. Right. Like it's not hard to see, right? But, like, with North Dakota, I'm, like, standing there, like, my finger out. Like, right, I'm, like, like right. I'm the punt returner counting, like, the ten guys ahead right. of me, right? Like, I'm, like, what number is that guy? Is that their seventh offensive lineman? Right. Oh, no, that's their third tight right. end. It's, like, you know, it's, like, it was just crazy to see the different you, uh, types of people that they bring in and the different get, formations. You get to bring 70 guys on the road. And they bring 70 offensive linemen. They, they literally, Marty Mornowick told me this. His son's an offensive, uh, offensive coach for NDSU. They brought six tight ends and four fullbacks. That's 
Who has four fullbacks? That's also why their program is so dope, though, because they can get those guys to play all their kick teams and stuff, too. Yeah, yeah. They just have all these man bear pigs that are just running around <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I'm 6'1", 230, but I can also run down and play kicks, and I can be like your third string linebacker. Has 10, who has 10 players at those positions? Nobody. Like, what, do you just bring two quarterbacks? That's in? why their offensive coordinator is such a hot commodity, because he's this OC who can run an offense that can spread it out, that can have quarterback run game. That can, I mean, they led the country in touchdowns this year, 61 yeah, total touchdowns. Yeah, they scored touchdowns, 40 points a game. For sure. But then he also, he himself is a former fullback and tight end right. who used to be a fullback and tight end coach who like can do all that. You know what I mean? Like right. that, the diversity of it is pretty, it's, it's pretty, amazing. It's pretty immense. It's, it's cool to see offenses do that with personnel that is not like just wide receivers, right? Because you like so often in, in college football these days, you think of like spread offense and you're like, oh, the only cool things you can do is just like four or five receivers. Right. But it's like, I don't know, yeah. man. The coolest, the coolest offense in the NFL does a lot of stuff with uh, a fullback. Isn't that Two and three tight ends. Right. You know, like, Isn't you can do a lot of cool truth. stuff. It just is how you use your personnel. It's so true. And what you force defenses into. So true. Okay, so I asked Tutel this uh, earlier this week. And I actually didn't even get to affirm him, but I thought what he said was all the, the the factors I thought as well. But in your mind, what are the three main factors into why the Grizz turned the corner this season? It's it's funny to say like, quote unquote, turn the corner when they're fucking you know they're thirteen and one, you know like they won ten in a row. So the the corner was turned a long time ago, but. I think the collective narrative around the program coming into October was this team's not very good. Yeah. They, we were like talking about, oh man, they're going to have to like scrap it out to make the playoffs and like beating the cats. I don't know, you know? And then it's like, oh, <laughs> they're 13 and one. What, how'd they turn the corner? I think they had a coach who realized that maybe he needed to get out of the way a little bit at times. hundred percent. Um, but I think he, I think interestingly, one of the biggest things they did offensively was spreading those linemen out. Yes, and I think that may have been Bobby's idea, for sure. So, even though he may have gotten out of the way at times, and by the when I say that, I mean like play calling and trusting his, trusting his offensive coordinator and trusting his offensive coordinator's trust in his players. Um, so I think that. I trust think, just across the board yeah trust, I think that for sure so I think getting out of the way a little bit I think trust uh was the number two thing and I think maybe he empowered players to be themselves to like embrace who they were like you guys can have from the outside looking in right the big complaint with us always last year was he doesn't let anybody have any fun right he doesn't want to he doesn't want stars or he doesn't want whatever right and i think he just like fr from my from my viewpoint i think he just maybe empowered players to be who they are a little bit how much of it is impacted by the fact that he's got a bunch of players that are like more his type of guys like i guess what i'm saying is like justin ford's a baller but he also has like much more lofty goals than just being at Montana. Yeah. Patrick O'Connell is a 
great player and also loved being a Grizz and was a captain and like a walk-on from Montana. He's the quintessential Bobby Ack story. He also was a, a real deal pro prospect, and now he's on an active NFL roster. So, like, he, he did have something beyond that. How much of this is influenced by the fact that these guys – it's funny. It's ironic because I think Alex Gubner and Braxton Hill are going to get a shot. I don't know if they're going to make it or not, but they're going to get a shot. I think the thing is maybe the locker room was just tighter knit because so many reasons. So many of those players maybe uh, were more like that personality type for sure, and they didn't have this other major thing hanging over them. It's also the Bobby Houck five year rule. Bobby's program works almost to perfection when he has a core group of guys that have been together with each other for five years. More than five doesn't work. Less than five doesn't work. And this senior class certainly has some guys that were, have not been here since the beginning. A.J. Forbes, Chris Walker, guys that are certainly valuable contributors, if not very good players. But the core of the team, the guys that are now embracing the spotlight, are guys that not only have and been here. together for five years, but they all still live together. Yeah. Janet Carroll and Flink and Governor and Riley Wilson, they all live together still. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. I think that there's a real element of it. Like the Because like when his first stint was here, right? They went to the championship his second year, right? That's right. So, I mean, in that sense, but you're right though. It didn't really that start was to that take, was him just really that was him off, just coaching off. a really good team. Yeah. It didn't really start to take off, take off until like the fifth. Oh eight, oh nine. Yeah, and both well, those, I mean, before that, right? Like take, I mean, like start like really like yeah. being consistently good. <laughs> I think maybe around that fifth year, right? Well, well, they were they were fine in 03. They were great in 04. They were yeah. not very good in 05. 05 was his worst year besides probably last year. And then 06, great. 07, number one in the country. Yeah. And then three years in a row, number one in the country, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I think – I don't like to really like go into this because it is speculation, but it, we've heard about it a lot from a lot of players. But sometimes when you have a certain personality in a locker room, That's right. it can be divisive. Yes. Depending on – how the locker room views that player being treated. Yes. And when that's gone, it could be a huge, uh, huge thing for a team to like come together. Totally agree. We saw that when we were in Bozeman. Yep. There's a lot of discussion around how Daenerys McGee might've been treated his senior year. Yep. There was a lot of, there's a lot of reports well. about it divided the locker room and for yep. factions. Yep. If you watch the Netflix documentary with Ted, Tim Tebow, they literally fought Tim Tebow in yes. the locker room because of right. the way he was being treated and totally. the way he was being viewed outside yep. of the program. Yep. And it can it can create yes a it, bad feeling in a locker room. Hundred percent. It's not just about one individual either, though, because I know what you're saying and I know what you're implying. But also, like, they just had a bunch of toxicity across the board. Like, it was very clear that their offensive communication period on their coaching staff was terrible. It was bad, and that their defensive like hierarchy and like who should be playing when and where coaches kid or not aside, like was, it was broken. Yeah. And now they don't have that. They don't have any of that. I mean, Levi John Carroll's number th last year, they messed around with Marcus Wilnell and like, didn't want him to be the guy or whatever. And then it like got all convoluted and whatever. And he still had a good year, but like it was still messed up. 
They did the same shit with Levi Janikaro this year, but Levi Janikaro doesn't play into the drama, and Riley Wilson's a dog. And guess what? Those two guys split time. They literally split reps down the middle, yeah. and they were both second team all league. Yeah, because <laughs> they were so impactful. They basically were like, okay, well that that position is like the defensive MVP of the league, so we're gonna just like say those two guys that split it are each like two of the other six best linebackers in the conference. You know, right? It's just one example of like everybody's just bought in. They have a much more cohesive locker room. 100%. But I think those are the three things. I think getting out of the way, trusting trusting the people who are around him and that he put in position to, yeah. to do jobs. And then uh, I think empowering his players maybe a little more than... Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any Town Pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items and get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. And my next question was, how did the Grizz become such a cohesive team? And we just basically talked about that. And that's the irony, though, is that you run a no, the no-star system works the best when you don't have any stars. No doy. But then when you get to the point where now you have these nationally televised games where you're on a pedestal and the spotlight is so bright, now even if you run a no-star system, who emerges? some of the biggest stars in, in yeah but it's guys who like this is the problem is like when you have a team that has stars or that they have uh perceived stars and the perception within the team is that they didn't earn that position right that is what causes the problem it's not that's why the five-year stars. plan works it's having it's ha- it's it's within the team not thinking that guys actually right. achieved what they are being given exactly with this team i don't think that exists Right, like Alex Gubner is a four-year starter, he's a star- and he's a dog. Yeah. He didn't have any offers, though. And right. He doesn't say shit if he has a mouthful. He's a humble guy. He just does his work. Keelan White was a walk-on. Braxton Hill is a walk-on. Yeah. Levi Jack here has a yeah. walk-on. Tyler Funk's a yeah. walk-on. Garrett Graves got a couple pennies, you yeah. know? like All these guys earn their weight, and they're stars, and they're, but they're perceived on their team as being guys who earned that, not That's who right. were anointed that by some other thing. Man, so... The formula is tried and true and proven. It's been going forever. In terms of recruiting small-town Montana guys, put them in the system, making them wait their turn, making them prove it, break out on special teams, keep building, keep building. All of a sudden, now you're a starter, then you're a stud, then you're a, a star. You can't question it. You can't question it. The system's tried and true. Yeah. How do you balance that with what's coming in the future with college football, with Grizz football? I guess what I'm saying is can you – You can't always. Can you sustain a national elite program with a bunch of walk-ons? Bobby Howe's done it for so far. And this team's more walk-on than any of his last couple. Like I mean, our, no, like, because this is the thing. They're never going to have real walk-ons ever again. If they can right. get the collective to where they want it to right, be, right. nobody's ever going to be a walk-on Is that going to hurt Chris football? Is it I part of like the I don't hunger know. and chip on your shoulder, like a, such a huge part of it? I don't know. I mean, it's a different world, so it's hard to say. I, mean, I wrote that in my Cat Grizz Redux uh, the story I wrote about Bobby Houck just kind of taking it all in as he stood in the middle of the field after he like it settled in what they had just done. And I said he replaced a bunch of guys that were known 
most formidably for their star ratings with a bunch of guys that were known for their work ethics and their desire to be Grizz. Yeah, but the the thing is, like, you can still get that thing. You just have to be much better about like profiling your guys. Sure. Like, or or just like showing them that that's part of this program. And if you're not going to be part of that, you're not going to stay. As harsh as that might sound, but like, I think you can still, I think you can still get that. It's just a matter of like. You got to get the right guys on the bus. Okay, next question. We've seen, and this is like, <laughs> you and I were talking about just the evolution of humans in general while we were eating dinner. But like the... A Charlie B is a great place, great to, talk place to, great, talk great, great place to talk about the end of space and time. Great place to talk about that kind of stuff. That's right. That's what you do at Charlie B's. The end of space and time. If life has become overwhelming, crazy, and hectic, then now is the perfect time to try the healing powers of CBD. Greenhouse Pharmacy has a full CBD apothecary with the largest selection of whole plant, full spectrum CBD products in the state of Montana. Choose from high quality brands and products like tinctures, balms, coffees, and tea, edibles, and so much more. Plus, Greenhouse Pharmacy offers exclusive products such as relaxing bath bombs, soaking salts, pain patches, and lotions. Visit Greenhouse Pharmacy Pharmacy on 3rd Street across from the Good Food Store. It seems like in especially college sports now, when stuff goes bad, it's so easy to just throw in the towel. What was in front of us is gone. You know, like last year's Grizz team is a great example. Like there was all these circumstances that led them to falling apart. And they, they were a lot of them were uncontrollable circumstances, but they still let them compound upon them and just like avalanche them. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to do. It happened to the cats this year, right? Like you, like you get derailed. Yeah. You, you have this whole narrative of, you know, you take South Dakota State to the wire and then all of a sudden you're winning these games and you're like, you like know in your head you're on this fast track to get a rematch with South Dakota State someday. And then this happens and this happens and this happens and this happens. And then all of a sudden you're just completely avalanched. It's not that the Grizz avoided all that bad luck this year. They just didn't let that downward momentum go. But that's such a testament to them. As as Tutel and I were talking about, I think that, first of all, singularly, the NAU loss, the way that they played, how poorly all of it was, all the embarrassing moments of guys just not trying and all that stuff, that in itself was seriously one of the worst Big Sky Conference losses in school in Montana history. But I think that people freaked out even more because they thought it was like a regression to last year, too. Like it opened up all those things, too. Like just the falling apart and how much, how bad the Grizz looked against the Cats specifically, right? And and just the embarrassments of 2022 that was just like spurred on by that game at NAU. But that's, I think, this team deserves so much credit for not letting it go like that. Yeah, maybe the way that they lost was such like a mirror upon themselves of being like, look at this stuff. Like, it's bullshit. When we, we, when we show this. you this, yes. you're going to see it. And it's like, hey, Hunter McGinnis, you walked off the field. Well, the play was still going. We haven't seen him since. Well, we I mean, did. We saw him in Idaho. We saw him doing in Idaho. We saw him drive a yeah, player yeah, off the field into a, into a sideline true. bar. Great point. His effort went from literally giving up on a play with like two seconds left until it was over to driving a player 15 yards out of bounds, like to the glee of his head coach. Yeah. So it's like, it's almost like had they lost that game in a semi-competitive manner 
where they lost by three points, they might not have realized some of the things that were their their own faults. Like some Truth. of that self self evaluation might not have been so apparent to Truth. where they could be like, guys, this is gonna take us time to fix this. Truth. But these are the things. These are the, the foundation is cracked. Truth. So let's start building upon that again. Like that might have been might have been a blessing in disguise to lose it in that way. I agree. Whether you're a sports fan or you run a business, you got to have something to wear. Why not get it branded? Why not represent your favorite sports teams, your favorite high school, your favorite college, your favorite pro team? Why not represent your business when you're out and about your respective communities? Anode Designs can help you out. Anode Designs, our great friend Blake Hempstead, contributor at Skyline Sports. He's the man in charge there at Anode, and they can get you hooked up with everything from Anaconda Copperhead gear to any and every sort of branded gear for your business. Find out more visit anodesigns.com you can also find them on facebook anode designs located at 421 east park avenue in anaconda you can find them on facebook or you can give them a call 406-563-0121 where we get all our gear from skyline sports anode designs in anaconda okay bonus question my brother actually brought that point up how this team is very much like the 08 and 09 teams. Bobby has frequently compared them to the 08 team. In the terms of the, the pattern of their schedule, I think that's very apt. Kind of struggling through the non-conference, struggling with a D2, losing your first conference game, and then rolling all the way to national championship. That part reminds me. He also has spun. I know he said it at a quarterback club. I know he said it to the media a couple times too. That, that, team, that the 08 team was not that well regarded by very many people. That's a that's a little bit of a misremembrance on his part. I mean, that team had they were really good. I mean, everybody knew who Cole Anderson was. Yeah. Like they had lost Corey Beerman, but they still had Mark Mariani who had, had his his first breakout year. Cole Burkos was a great quarterback. They All lost right. Lex. They had, when did they lose Lex? They had lost they Lex. Lost Lex. They had lost Lex. That's a good point. But but Colt was a proven commodity. They had great players in the secondary. They had great linebackers. They had good DTs. I guess Chase Reynolds hadn't emerged yet. So right, like when you look at the roster, you see Chase, guys like Chase as. But they weren't picked sixteenth. They weren't picked sixth in their conference. Sixteenth in the country. Sixteenth in the country. Sure. Anyways, I get the whole pattern of that. The, the like the the incubator of the team though like how the team was made in its essence it reminds me of our class like the guys that are our age like our high school class because those guys are all from montana they all redshirted together they all live in the dorms together and then mm-hmm. they all became you know this thing mm-hmm. they rose up anyways the point is my brother was saying because he was on the 09 grids and he was saying the biggest difference between 08 and 09 is that 08 got to lose early, so they had this motivating factor to push them, mm-hmm. but they didn't have the pressure of staying undefeated. Whereas 09, they were like melting under the pressure of being undefeated. And then like in the playoffs, they almost lost to South Dakota State. Right. <laughs> but like they, they, they figured it out. Right. But I don't know. I just wonder if that's an advantage for this team actually having had their – they hit rock bottom a long time ago. Yeah, I just don't think that they had the pressure of going undefeated. For because, sure. Because, like, maybe they had expectations of themselves, but they didn't have this outside expectation. Yeah. So whatever pressure was, like, mounting on the 09 team, 
that team was expected by everybody to to go to the championship game, right? Right. This team was like, holy crap, we won again. Right. Oh my god. Okay, we beat Davis. Right. Okay, now we're going to Idaho. This True. is going to be this. Oh god, I don't know if we're going. <laughs> oh my so god, funny. we won it. For oh my the, god, we won it. For the Grizz fan perspective, preseason, I wanted to put together a trip to go to Moscow. With all with all the fine supporters of this and our ESPN radio show, I wanted to have all our friends go. And you were the only one. You took your fine lady friend over there, independently yeah, of us. But all everybody else would bounce because they didn't. They were like, "Well, what I don't want. We're not very good, you know." I mean, I, I was at the corner ba- the, uh, the the corner the corner club, and I was talking to Idaho fans, and I was like, "Just don't beat us too bad, right? Like, just you know, just." I'm here right. to enjoy this a little bit. All know? our other friends were like, yeah, no, I'm not going. I'm not going to watch us get our asses kicked by Idaho. So even though then the, they won, even though they we won. beat Davis and then we beat Idaho, I was then still they like, won again. well, I don't know. I'm not sure that we're a good team yet. And then we went again and then we went again. And then it wasn't until they beat Sac State the way they beat Sac State where I was like, okay, oh. I think they got something. Right. I think they could beat the Cats. But can, can they go to a national championship? No, I don't think so. It's, and then they beat the cats the way they beat the cats, and I was like, "Oh crap, they could beat anybody." Yep. And to go to watch a team go through that, and like to be a f- fan and experience that, it's like I've never experienced that with any. I don't think with any team I've ever been a fan of. Maybe, maybe like the uh, I think the 2012 49ers. Old Works Golf Course is one of the most challenging tracks you will find anywhere in Montana, and that's why they host so many of the premier golf tournaments around the Treasure State. The 18-hole course measures at more than 7,700 yards, making it one of the longest courses in the Big Sky State. The Jack Nicholas design comes from one of the best players of all time and one of the world's leading course designs. Jack Nicholas has designed over 310 courses, including this gym located in Anaconda, Montana. Although right now, golf season is coming to a close, the Old Works Golf Course PGA Improvement Center Featuring PGA professional Andrew Alamey is now open all winter. Andrew can help you with expert swing and mental coaching, plus custom club fitting, and they have multiple state-of-the-art track band simulators. If you're ready to get into golf or take your game to the next level, call Oldworks 406-563-5989. And be sure to check out Jack's Grill while you're there. Jack's Grill is also open year-round. Oldworks Golf Course, a gem of the Treasure State, located in Anaconda, Montana. They literally ham and egged it into their bye yeah. and then came out of their bye Just and were supreme yeah. and then got twice as good every week yeah. for like three more weeks and then they're like whoa and then the playoffs is like well they had already hit this peak and they they were so good against the cats and then it was like oh they didn't even really play that well for stretches against delaware and like for a lot of Furman. And they made some mistakes against North Dakota State, and they still just found ways to win. That's where it's like, whoa, yeah. this team's got the – they don't have to – I mean, they only had 284 yards on Saturday, man. They scored right. 31 points and beat the dynasty of all dynasties. Right. But they must have, like, believed and believed that they – and you think from the outside, like, you, like of course a team believed that they belong. But sure. Like, I'm sorry, not every team believes that. No, like, that's right. A lot of teams don't believe they belong, whether they're supposed to or not. But this team must have believed it. No doubt. Quickly after Northern Arizona. Yep. Because they jumped out to a big, they dominated Idaho early. Right? Yep. They clearly were not intimidated by UC Davis. Yep. They 
uh, fell behind quickly on Sac State and then rolled them. It's because they decided on a quarterback and then they decided, oh, but it's what? like every like at every level they must have like completely believed that they actually belong. No, that's no right. matter how good a team they were facing. Well, that's was. like the thing that the coaches deserve the most credit for is like coming out of AAU, all of the stuff they were running and all the things they were trying to do on offense was a it was a freaking disaster, dude. It was a disaster. Yeah. And then they just changed it. Yeah. Like when they hit that first play of the game or your first drive of the game against Idaho and you're like, oh, whoa, oh, you guys figured out that Juniper is faster than everybody and he threw it to him. And then you guys did it Great again. Great job. On the next they drive. did it again. They're like, oh, Keelan White can beat anybody in yeah. man and zone. Oh, let's throw it to him. And then it just kept going and kept building. Yeah. They, scra- they scrapped the five running backs thing. They're like, oh, we have Gilman. Yeah. And if we don't have Gilman, then we have this horse named Osmo. Let's just pound you, you know? Like, they just, they did so many little adjustments that turned out to be so big. Yeah. Okay, Junior Bergen, no. Where does he rank? I know you guys did this on the Grizz Fan Pod, but... Uh, that as was like an uh, open field guy. That was your question. Yeah, yeah, just as an open field guy, guy that gets the Number ball one. that's that's expected to be like a explosive guy. Is it right? right? Number one. I mean, there are some dudes back. Like you can go back. You, Matt Wells was nuts in the open field. Nuts. Joe Douglas was crazy. Crazy. Like Shalon Baker. Shalon Baker. Uh, Lavander Seegers was sweet. Heidelberger was sweet. Like Hubber, Tough Harris. There's a lot of dudes. Jerry Lubicki, Mark Mariani. Yeah, but. Uh, I don't know. You just don't see like his punt return on Saturday was stupid, dude. Yeah, I didn't even watch the next five minutes of the game because I watched the replay of the video on my phone fifteen times. Yeah, because I was like, how, 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 how did he do that? They kicked to the opposite field that the return was set up. They angle punted it to the NDSU sideline. He just found that little gap, and then he almost turned it back right, and then he, where he. He gets it and he starts angling and then he stops. He literally stops, dead in his tracks. Let's two guys fly by him and then he's off to the races again. And then he stops and starts, stops and starts, and then he finishes it like Derrick Henry or something. It's like what? Then it's like every moment though that he is supposed to show up in, he shows up in. That's they, they, what's ridiculous. They threw about that the ball. Kids. I don't know if it was in the second quarter. He got that ball, that little five yarder, and he bounced off like six guys and picked up sixteen yards. He kept a drive going. Like, he catches the touchdown in overtime. Yep. Like, every moment where he has to show up, he shows up. And that is like, I don't know, man. There's not a lot of guys that do that. Not a lot of guys that do that at any level at any sport. If life has become overwhelming, crazy, and hectic, then now is the perfect time to try the healing powers of CBD. Greenhouse Pharmacy has a full CBD apothecary with the largest selection of whole plant, full-spectrum CBD products in the state of Montana. Choose from high-quality brands and products like tinctures, balms, coffees, and tea, edibles, and so much more. Plus, Greenhouse Pharmacy offers exclusive products such as relaxing bath bombs, soaking salts, pain patches, and lotions. Visit Greenhouse Pharmacy Pharmacy on 3rd Street across from the Good Food Store. We already talked about NDSU as a whole because that was like kind of what your game day experience was like, and I loved all your thoughts on that, just like the tradition and all that sort of stuff. Man, I mean, I guess my last thought on that was I know people have sort of gotten tired of them because they've been just this omnipresent, dominant power, but like... And you can you can see like a little bit of the regression from where they were, and watching them on Saturday, you're like that is still such a good team. Still, like if that team regressed, like 
God damn, you guys are doing it right. right. You know what I mean? Like that was still a team that could win the championship. They have so many pieces. Like their offensive line is so dope, way yeah. better than Montana's. Their their secondary is athletic and competitive. Yep. They have good running backs, even though that's a narrative. The running backs aren't as good. They have great running backs. They have multiple. Both those quarterbacks can play. Cam Miller, I know he's nine of twenty-two for like one hundred and fifty or something. Yeah, really good defensive lineman. But like, look at their look at that two-minute drill, and he had a two-minute drill like that in Bozeman yeah. and Missoula in the span of two weeks. Like, the dude is a baller. Yeah. Thirteen, Eli Green, that receiver, so dope. Like, they have so many good players. Uh, I was just, <laughs> I was just chuckling because I was like, okay, I can totally see why. The narrative is that NDSU is down compared to what they used to be, and yet that team is so freaking good. But it's almost unfair to compare them against what they used Absolutely. to be. Absolutely. Like, it's an FCS team shouldn't have six guys drafted off it to go to the NFL. No, that's right. Like, that's right. That's like, right. That that's is, right. That is beyond, you know, that's a level that they get held against, and it's almost not fair. For right? sure. Like, no, it's definitely not fair. Because they were the first FCS school to offer full cost of attendance. They had multiple multi-million dollar practice facilities built right. early on. They have massive recruiting budget. They get such huge in-state funding. They have peerless tradition, peerless. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they have more banners than anybody in the history of college football hanging in their stadium. All those factors. And then as South Dakota State hadn't had had their full come up yet. Montana wasn't back yet. Right. Like all these things. Right. Montana State hadn't had their rise they're yet. Still phenom- they're still They're still great. They're still a top they're still a top three program in the FCS. And how great. Still top two. Yes. And how great they were and have been also created South Dakota State. Yeah. And they made it all. Motivated the, Montana. Motivated Montana State. All the more sweeter on yeah. Saturday. Yep. For sure. Uh, okay. We don't have to spend too much time on this, but uh, we did this on the radio the other uh, week. Uh, Clifton McDowell already has like a unique reputation as a quarterback in Grizz history, especially as like his legacy. Now he's in the natty. So, you know, I mean, it's it's Dave Dickinson, Brian Ayat, John Edwards, Drew Miller, Cole Berquist, and that's and now Clifton McDowell as far as quarterbacks that have led the Grizz to the natty. So he's, he's you know, I don't know if he's like on that top ten or top five. We say Craig Oaks in there? Oh, Craig Oaks, of course. Yeah, yeah. He's... In terms of like his accomplishments as a Grizz, he's still like way down the list. Way down the list, but like in terms of his team accomplishments, I mean, he, he's ten and zero as a starter this, at Montana. This is as much, this is as, as fun a team as I've ever watched at Montana. Yes, just because like it just seems like you're always rooting for the underdog, and they always achieve, yeah. and they always show up. Like in that sense, they've made them a lot of a fun. Uh, they are not like. They are not like the teams that Dave Dickinson had, sure, or uh, Bergquist had, for sure. They're not like those teams, right? And he's not like those quarterbacks, like no. we talked about when we were eating. He he has such a unique uh, sort of time here, like for sure. Because, I mean, man, he's only been here for three months. Right, he didn't. He, got, he didn't start till the till the he, sixth week of the season, he, he right? Got, yeah, he got he got to Missoula in July. Like, yeah, when he tweeted it out, like we had him come to the studio to do an ESPN interview because we're like, oh, we just got to get this guy in studio because he's already here. And then fall camp starts next week. It was like late July, right? 
So he's been here for such a short period of time. He's known as he's known his teammates, his coaches, for such a short period of time. Yeah. He didn't start until they were four and one. That's right. Right. So they're thirteen and one now. He started the Utah Tech. Game. He did, but like become the full time starter, right? He is. Yeah. His is as unique as any quarterback that has ever been here. No doubt. In so many different ways. We don't know. He could be one and done. Who knows? For sure. I don't know. But if that year that he came here, it has been such a roller coaster with him. And when he's been awesome, he's been great. And like I said uh, on the Grizz fan pod, I bought... All the acreage I could yes, on Clifton McDowell you Island. You and dude. You and Houghton both. Did. I bought all of it. And Houghton sometimes I feel like I'm really good about it, and sometimes I feel like I'm trying to catch the next boat off of it. <laughs> like, I don't know, but he he's his time here is as unique as any quarterback I can remember. Houghton's been screaming about this since Butler. He's like, this go with McDowell. I mean, I don't know, because I thought Vidlak was okay. Earlier, I, it shows I you wasn't that there's like, a lot that goes into being a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, because this because this team's fully bought into this guy. Yeah, for sure. And you need that. All right, last one. If Bobby Houck wins, and if Bobby Houck loses, what what does the result of the championship game do to the future of Montana football and concern to their head coach? This is a full speculative question. We full have no We have no idea. We have no information here. None. We're just talking narratives. We're not talking about even like what Bobby could or should do. We're just talking narratives. I just think that if he wins it, that it's a walk-off. You just you hit the home run and you just ride off into the sunset. But you were saying, I mean, I thought you made a good point in our group text. Like, He's so competitive, man. Like he's a competitive guy. I just don't see him doing that. Yeah. I think like I think there's a lot. If he wins, he can come back and he can win another championship. They return a lot next year. They are would be they in lose position. A lot. They'd return a lot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we don't know what they would return, but sure. let's just say like the guys don't leave the program. They'd right? have to replace a sh- they le- they'd have, have to, to replace, replace a bunch three guys on the, the offensive the, line. The they'd front. Have to replace governor. The fronts. Yeah. yeah. But they replace their front. Their front six on defense and their front. Five they replace offense. Harris comes back, Noose would come back, Edwards would come back, Governor's gone. Uh, is, is Hayden Harris is coming back? I think he's a junior, isn't he? No, he's a, senior. a senior. He's okay. a grad transfer. Oh, my bad. I thought he was a junior. Well, uh, I mean, who never? Who knows, man? I yeah. have no idea about these old. I don't know how that works anymore. He also he could be a grad transfer that has two years left. Like right. that's totally feasible. I have no idea. Noose uh, is back for sure. Kale Edwards is back for yeah. sure. Cashmitter's back for sure. Dietrich's back for sure. Tyrrell's back. Wilson's back. They like Rostad. Rostad's back, yep. I don't know. Jackson Lee's back. Seems like they have a lot. And if they could bring the Dragon's guys back, back on offense, you lose three starters, but you bring back a lot of guys who had a lot of experience playing. All those stud receivers. Fonts, Bergen, and are White are all back. Running backs back. All the tight ends are back. Your quarterback could be back, or you could be going to this freshman that you're really excited about. Yeah. Who knows? Right, but it seems like you're in a good position to make another run. Yeah, so you could legitimately become the guy who, the only guy ever who has two championships here. Sure, and legacy matters to him here. We sure. I think. Okay, so how about this? Because I mean, that's a that's a holds pipe dream. I think either scenario is both good, or both feasible. 
win or lose. Or excuse me, win, win, stay or leave. If you lose, what happens? Does the competitive fire want to go because you want to come back and run it back? Or Okay, so I think it goes, this is, this is what I think, win or lose. This is what I will go back to. He told the team before that game that a new dynasty is brewing in the FCS. I could not believe he let himself get mic'd in the locker room for a pregame speech. Yeah, it might have been planned. It absolutely <laughs> had to be planned. It had to be. He, but, but he I, said he's that. never. He, had, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but he has never had a. There's never been a pregame speech of Bobby Houck's that has gone public, right? Not that I remember. I have. I mean, I've been following remember. this guy my whole career. He's, I thought there was one that did show up on ESPN. I mean, maybe ESPN one or game, something. Not, not that them I in the locker room of, for 30 yeah. seconds. Hey, boys, let's go get them. Yeah. Yeah. But like, not like a. A new dynasty is brewing. I came back here for this. Like, yeah. that was a very intimate, personal thing. Yeah. So, I keep going back to that. I do, too. Because if a new dynasty is brewing, you know how you kill a brewing dynasty? You Leave. get rid of its leadership. Right. I, so, I don't know, man. I think win or lose is coming back. Wow. I was 50-50 on it a lot, but the more I think about that one sentence... I just, I don't know. It's, it seems uh, when like I it's, heard it, I was like, oh, baby. He's yeah. definitely coming back. Yeah, that's what it makes me think. Uh, man. And there's a lot of reasons you can point to that he's not coming back. But I think See, we I just have thought, thought that he wasn't going to coming into this year because that's just what we'd heard all offseason. Yeah. And he had had some Power 5 offers and, you know, had had been courted by some pretty big time opportunities. There's all those rumors too that like NFL, NFL, exactly. Said, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but like, <laughs> sure, some things people have talked about. And I, I think last year was hard on everybody that like endured it and covered University of Montana and like was a part of it and yeah. all of it. It was hard on everybody. And I, I really thought that might be. I mean, that's why football is so fascinating though, because you have like nine and a half months of downtime in between like the 11 weeks that you play and then right. it like starts over again you know so you know maybe it was as simple as like oh he intended this to be his last year coming into the year and then it's like oh shit we won 10 games in a row and this is really fun and i actually made some adjustments you know we mentioned like all the different factors like they just had such a weird symbiosis in their whole organization last year and now it's so very clear that they don't like i think that the reshuffling of all of it made Everybody, that's a part of it, better and enjoy it more. Mm -hmm. It's just so clear they're on so much more of the same page on offense, so much more on the same page on defense. Yes. Yeah. And that, like, he will he will allow his coordinators to impart their ideas on what they want to do. So often last year, it just seemed like he didn't trust Rosie. He and I think part allow. of that's because maybe he shouldn't. But also part of it was maybe he didn't even trust his own players. Truth. Like, maybe that was part of it, too. Maybe Rosie didn't trust his own players. Well, that's why I think that McDowell is, like, the perfect quarterback And I think this is totally different now. McDowell's the perfect quarterback for them, man. But sometimes they don't trust him because they said Idaho, they were like, we, we took the air out of the ball because we didn't want to put the ball in jeopardy. It's true. What does that say? It's true. Sometimes you don't. I mean, sometimes he still is like, Cliff, what are you doing out there? No, it's true. But sometimes you're like, just fucking let Cliff go. Because <laughs> look what he does sometimes when you let him go. For sure. 
they they adjusted the part where they like freak out on you so bad and or like pull you though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if that I wonder what that is like. I mean, Coach Marty room. said that he thought that the whole key to last season was as simple as when they're winning twenty eight to six against Lucas Johnson and he fumbles on the goal line for what should have been like the the nail in the coffin for Idaho State and they pull him. Marty's like, that's how you screw up your whole season because then all of a sudden you have like this weird rift and then it like can manifest itself. Yeah. Yeah. And like it might be a simplified way of saying it, but like that was a microcosmic example of what was the deal last year. They haven't pulled McDowell ever this year. Even is just like boneheaded pick against Sac State. The only times they did it was to like, but they did and they didn't do it, right? Like against Northern Colorado. They wanted to play Ayat. And they also put... So it was, it was part of the I mean, plan. Ayat, they didn't now really, that like, pull a, his ass. Now we have, like, hindsight. Like, Ayat played in four-minute and two-minute situations. Because yeah. yeah. they know that's what he's good at and what he practices. Yeah. They're just, like, trying. Oh, okay, four-minute. Here you go. You're yeah. in. There's a new offense. That's what we run. Yep. Yeah. Totally different. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Bobby does, for sure. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think we'll know. I don't either. We're not going to have any idea. Until he makes a decision. For sure. There's all these rumors and all these things. And, oh, I, I heard this about this. And this makes me think this. And it's like, I don't know, man. I think it's very clear that, like, the intention of I, – I, I think from a, a, a broad view, it's pretty clear that the intention of both parties that are involved in deciding Bobby Houck's future has changed significantly – since the season began for a variety of reasons. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I think that it's futile to try to predict what will happen next. I totally agree. I literally think everything's on the table. I think the only thing that we know for sure is that when you're 13 and one, you're going to the national championship game. The guy that's deciding what the future is going to be is Bobby Houck. Yep. <laughs> if he wants to stay, he'll stay. And if he wants to that's go, right. go. If he wants a new contract, he'll, he'll get one. If he yep. doesn't, that's also his prerogative. Yep. Fascinating. Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. Road to Frisco edition. Kyle Sample here joining us. Anything else to add? No, I'm just so excited to go to Frisco. Oh, man. I'm so excited just to see what it's like to experience it, to be there and with Grizz fans and with South Dakota State fans and talk about what's going to happen. And, man, to take, be able to take my dad there. I'm so excited. That's what part. That's what made part of Saturday super so cool, man. For me. Yeah, and you're going down there with a bunch of your fan. That's what's yeah. awesome. That's what makes this also great, man. I know that like the fans want to get all the ecstasy and also like all the vitriol, but like sometimes it's just like about the reunion. You know, like the Cat Grizz week is just the greatest week because I get to call up all the guys that I've covered over the years, both sides of the rivalry. Hey, how you doing? What's going on? You know, like I had Sean Sampson on the show from back in our day when we were covering the Cats. I talked to Sean Sampson 10 years. I'm like, what's going on, man? He's like, oh, I'm just engineering Billings, you know, like, right. how's it going? You know, like, hey, tell us about your life now that you haven't played football in 10 years. And it's always cool when they all follow it and stuff too. Okay, so that's what I'll leave you with then. I have seen more former players, especially from like the glory days of the Bobby Houck era, over the last month or so back than ever before. And you know where our, our college game day pregame show is at. Like mm-hmm. We see all the passers through just walking in there. I can't believe how many former guys I've seen, especially guys I haven't seen forever. It's awesome. Why do you think that is? 
Because it feels like they're back in a way. And I think that these this team reminds those guys of their teams. Yeah, that could I be think it. That, I think that it's like it's on brand with like what those guys, what they were about and what they think it should be about still. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But you see guys like Jimmy Ferris getting involved. For sure. On Twitter, like Billy Cockle getting involved. Otto Molden texted me the other day. He's like, really? go, yeah, he's like, he's like, go Grizz. And I set up some videos. He's like, man, thank you for sending me that, man. I couldn't cut up there. Like, that's so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Jordy Johnson was at quarterback club yesterday. Nice. Hell yeah. Like, like it's really cool because I just. I saw Tremaine Johnson, man. I haven't seen him in forever. He came back? He was back for Cat Grizz. Oh, for Cat Grizz, right. Yeah. yeah. I just think it. Uh, yeah, I just think it feels like it's it's they're proud to be part of it again. Yes. You know? Yep. Now they just gotta get that Dave Dickinson guy back. Man. That'd be really cool. I think I gotta call Super Dave this week, right? Yeah. Gotta gotta get him in on the, the commentary. Yeah. It's a CFL offseason, right? He won their first championship. I mean, what the hell's he got going on? Yeah. <laughs> He's only a full time professional just football hanging coach. Hanging out in Calgary. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll leave you with this. Uh, how about five in a row for Grizz Men's Hoops? 73-61 over UC Davis as we record this on the evening of December 19th. So that's a sweep for the Grizz. That's two over, in a row on the road. The, two in a row on the road. They won five in a row overall. They swept Davis and San Jose State this this season. They're seven and three. Wow. Uh, they're, I think, now four and three against Division One teams, which is good because they beat Northwest Indian College, Montana State, Northern Montana Tech. Right. But they, but they've uh, they're seven and three overall, so oh, seven and four overall, excuse me, because um, they lost to North Dakota State, Nevada, um, Houston, and they had one other big one. What was it? Anyways, I don't know. Have you watched them yet this year? Yeah, I watched them uh, play North Dakota State. Oh, bad one. That was Not that was one. their low moment of the year so far. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited to watch that. Uh, Money Williams. Money Williams is dope, man. Yeah. And they have a bunch of returners that all are familiar with each other, and like they're they just seem more insane. I Travis mean, was hyped about this team. You should he be. He felt good about yeah, this Coach team. Yeah, Coach Secure, I think, he is is hyped about this team for yeah. sure. Uh, more on Grizz Hoops coming up as well. Thanks for doing this, man. This was fun. Yeah, dude. I'm I I'm ready to just talk about the championship. <laughs> oh, I I don't know, man. Like I told you, I still feel like I'm caught in on Saturday. I'm still watching videos from it and Yeah, wait. It's amazing. Well we got a. this was our mandate to get me out of my uh wife's gal pal party, but I also got a, a proposition on the table for a little Grizz fan pod, but Big Sky Breakdown Edition. Get the Grizz fan pod boys on with Sample, but to let me steer the ship a little bit so that we can like make it, you know, a 45-minute instead of a three-and-a-half-hour. Uh, so probably hear Sample one more time before the uh, the uh, FCS National Championship game on uh, January 7th. But thanks for doing it, man. Appreciate it. Go Grizz. Introducing SmartBiz, the ultimate Wi-Fi solution for Missoula's small businesses from Blackfoot Communications. With out-of-the-box dedicated networks, top-tier security, and network failover, you'll stay seamlessly connected. Just $20 a month, no contracts. Sign up at blackfootsmallbusiness.com slash better Wi-Fi and connect to more with Blackfoot Communications.